this tonight, but I do want to establish, I want to thank Reverend Walker and praise God all of you, uh, want to establish some things to you concerning these uh, texts. Um, tonight, I want to, in a very informal way, deal with um, growing and groundwork and glory and um, try to explain kind of what's going on in this context. I know we we had a minister's meeting Saturday after the leadership, and we were dealing with context, context to really to, to weave together um, exegesis is explanation. And uh, one of the things that um, I want you to understand is that the reason there's so much confusion about different positions, is it cold in here? Okay, the one, the ones that are saying, the ones that are saying no drink, <laughs> and the ones that are, <laughs> I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. Uh, want you to be comfortable, um, but um, the reason there's so many positions and so much confusion in Christendom is because the church has not been taught proper mechanics for working out. Um, sound, hygienic doctrine. And so one of the things I want to do tonight is, and, we, and we're going to blitz through this because I don't want to get hung up on this, but Satan's greatest devices is to confound, confuse, and create chaos among God's people. Um, he slowly and systematically strategizes a stronghold into our lives. Meaning that it's not, deception is not enough with Satan. He's got to kind of work an angle in your life, in my life, where we are um, unexpected, un unexpectedly uh, being attacked by him. He, the word stronghold means that he's, he's aiming at an area where you and I, listen to this, where you and I will give him help in working out his will. So, so I, I want you to hear that because Satan is not doing a work by himself. He's using us through our fears, through our lack of faith, through our fractures, through our hopeful futures. Satan wants to engineer something in place so that you and I help him achieve his objectives in your life, which is defeat. And, that, and, that's, and that's what um, the devil is all about. He wants us defeated. He can't take our salvation. He can't send us to hell once we're saved. But he can make us miserable. He can make us miserable. Um, and, and so, um, unbeknowing to us are those mechanisms that he has already worked. He's got stuff working already in our lives, and, and it goes on and on. And that's why the Bible says daily, listen, we got to put on the whole armor of God, daily. Amen. You can't put it on for Sunday. Daily, you got to get dressed um, 
in Jesus Christ so that you, you and I are protected from the uh, strategies, stratagems of the devil. Paul, Paul said we're not ignorant of his devices. We, we, we understand how he operates and, and, and so forth and so on. So let me, let me uh, we were dealing with spiritual gifts in chapter 12, but I want to go to chapter 13 right real quick. I'm going to get out of this and get into chapter 14. In chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, he's dealing with the, the makeup of growth, the makeup of growth, that, that we're, start, we're, we're going to start seeing growth in the life of the believer. And, and let me say something about growth. Gro growing pains. Do you know where that term came from, growing pains? As you and I grow, it becomes painful. Have you ever, have you ever put that, that together? That as we grow, there are some pains we have to endure uh, because we're growing out of one dimension and we're growing into a whole different dimension, okay? Um, and that's why Paul uses the progressive um, in, 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 in the New Testament. He said, I, I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. It, it's, it's a learning process. Um, historically, we know that in, in Romans chapter 7, when Paul uses the word I 25 times under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, with my mind, I serve the law of God. In my flesh, the law of sin. That that period of time in Paul's life, um, he was saved 20 years and still struggling with his flesh. Still struggling with decision making, still, still, still struggling with defeat, still struggling with uh, victory, just as we do as we are growing in Christ. Why, why is growth it? Why, why is growth painful? Somebody help me out. Why is growth painful? Why do you think growth is painful? That's excellent. You don't want to really change into the next dimension. What else? Why is grow, growth painful? Pardon me? Oh, boy, you hit it on the nose. There's certain things God wants you to leave behind. You don't want to leave. You don't want to let go. You don't want to let go of certain things that God is telling you to let go of. Um, could be people, could be uh, possessions, could be anything. God, God is saying, you got to let that go. This is hindering your growth. This is hurting you spiritually, so forth, so on. Um, and, and so when we start talking about growing pains, the, the interesting thing is that um, it's just that. And, and you guys were right on tonight that if I'm going to grow in Jesus Christ, I'm going to struggle because I'm going into a whole new dimension of living. Are y'all getting me on this? I'm going into a whole new dimension um, of living. So one of the things we want to look at in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to get out of this chapter, is that when, when we start to look at a sampling of love, chapter 13, 1 to 3, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I'm, I'm become a, a bunch of noise. 
So charity is love. If I, whatever I do, if I don't do it with the love of God, it's, it's in vain. It's in vain. It's in vain. Uh, and, we, and, we, and we covered that sampling of what true love is all about. Though I have the gift of prophecy, that means I'm getting an ongoing message from God. Not, not, not a completed canon or Bible. God is speaking to me as I'm going. He's giving me new revelation as I'm going, which he's not doing today, by the way. And let me tell you why we got to kind of be dogmatic about this, because you have people actually believing that God is still giving revelation, and he's not. He's giving illumination. He's turning the light bulb on to his revelation. He's not giving you new revelation. Well, the Lord spoke to my heart. Here's the quickest way to catch somebody in the lie. Well, the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, well, we're going to find out if it was the Lord that told you this, because whatever you say has got to jive with Scripture. And it's got to jive in its dispensation, covenant, and, and whatnot. So if God spoke to you, I got to find that in the New Testament church age, or else it wasn't God that spoke to you. Amen. 1 John 4, 1 says, believe not every voice, every spirit. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about voices. But try the spirits by the Holy Spirit. So what happens is we are making decisions based on what we think God is saying. God is not going to do with it. Brother, thanks. How you doing, man? Hey, sister, man, I didn't notice that was you. Well, I know the rapture ain't take place yet. You two are still here. Praise Jesus. Um, I guess he said, you looked at me five minutes. So um, this, 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 this thing on the sampling of love, uh, verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I have charity and to profit me nothing. Now, let me tell you what prompted me to start being transparent. I may have been transparent in the military in the, in the uh, 68 to 74. I may have been transparent in the world. But when I got saved, let me tell you what really drove me to be transparent. I refuse to live a lie. I just refuse to do it. If I'm struggling with something, I'm struggling with it. I do not have to get up and psych you out that I, that I am somebody I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not under that compulsion. So when you come up to me and say, well, Pastor, do you ever struggle with this? Every day. Why? Because I need truth to come back to me. Not so much what I'm saying to you. I just need to be honest. And it's not an attention thing. I just need to be honest. Honesty helps me to live with myself. Are y'all getting this? Do you struggle in marriage? Yeah. And if I was married to you, I struggle in marriage. Now, for those that get up and project this perfection, they got deeper problems. Especially when they project it in front of people. Now, you don't have to tell everybody your business, but every once in a while, we need to hear the fact that you're human. I'm not always 
you know, up there in, in my faith. I'm not always perfect in my walk, you know, because we already know what the Bible says. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. There's none righteous, no, not one. All we like sheep have gone astray. Doesn't the Bible say that? Let me give you something else the Bible says. The heart is wickedly deceitful above all things. Jeremiah 17, 9. So all I got to do is look at scripture and you fit in the same closet with me. You're no good. Heartbreaker. You're a liar and you're a cheat. That, you know, it's better to see yourself from the perspective of someone that's saved needing help than to project yourself way up here, you understand, and, and, and people are constantly, somebody, well, you know, where, where, where's all this coming from? Man, it's, life is hard. We struggle with faith. We struggle with our flesh. We struggle with our future. And we definitely struggle with our fractures. And all of us are fractured. That's why Jesus had to come back, because all of us are fractured. We got fractures. And so um, you, you got people that are married. The, the, the women got daddy issues, and the, and the husbands got mommy issues. And if you don't think that makes for a fight, well, where's mom and dad? They in glory shouting, and we still carrying the issues. So God wants to bring healing to our lives. Are you getting me? God wants to bring healing to our lives. So he deals with the sampling of love. Then four to, four to nine, a selfless love, uh, love, charity can suffer long and it still can be kind. And um, my God, and, we, and we've been here. We can notice... We, we can suffer long and yet still be what? Kind. Now, that's the Holy Spirit. Because typically, a wounded dog will bite you. Are y'all getting this? Pain will make the preacher preach. Pain will make the teacher teach. That's why God leaves pain in our lives, so he can get glory out of us. He's not clearing everything out of your life and then you ministering to his people. He leaves just enough pain to give you power. Do I have a witness? So, so if I got pain in my life and I'm teaching you about the power of the Holy Spirit, God is now going to, listen, on the spot, give me a wherewithal of his strength that I didn't bring into place. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a selfless love and um, self is no longer in the picture. This is the Holy Spirit. Does not be saved itself unseemly. Is not, does not seek her own. Notice her feminine like wisdom in Proverbs is, is in the feminine, does not seek her own, mm, does not seek her own. So the minute we start seeking our own thing, 
we're no longer operating under God's love. The minute we are selfish, we're no longer operating under God's love. Uh, and and, and uh, he, he, he just goes on, amen, is not easily provoked, verse 5, think of no evil. So there, there is a sampling, selfless, and then in John 13 on turn, there's a serving love where Jesus, after supper, took off his robe and put on a towel to wash their feet. You and I cannot serve until we get rid of a sense of self. Now, too many of us are trying to serve with self attached. Doesn't happen that way. We got, we got, to, we got to put self to the side. All the grandeur and glory that the mayor keeps lying to us about, um, what you think of yourself, the pride and all that, you can't serve another person with all that. I see it every Sunday for 29 years. I see people come to church, they mean well. But you can see that hunchback of Notre Dame on their back, and it's called self. And, and God cannot get the whole glory because you won't tell the whole story. God can't get the glory because in order for us to really minister to somebody, self has got to be crucified. Whether, whether it's a relationship, marriage, or whatever, you and I cannot, because what will happen when self is intimidated, we will fight for self. We'll fight for self. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to have to go back and, and deal with the whole marriage thing because we are letting the culture of this corrupt, Christ, Christless, cursed world give us its philosophy. We see it through TV and all All them people laying up in bed that you and I watch every night. And they kissing on each other. They ain't married. They're going to hell. Yeah, don't be not deceived. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that um, what Satan is doing is engineering something in us, an expectation that we ultimately start being persuaded this is what I need to be happy. My God, today. This is the type of marriage I need if I'm going to be happy. This is the type of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. A, a lot of that is Satan engineering slowly in us. You, you and I are not looking at the Word of God because the Word of God is telling us we got to fight just to keep our heads above water. We got to fight by faith just to keep our heads above water. Um, and, and, and so the world will throw things out through TV and movies like compatibility and Christians with their dumb self. They just go pick it up. You know, well, who is really compatible? No, think about it. Who is really compatible? Well, you, you may like some of the same things. You ain't alike. You would never like. You'll never be alike. You you may know how the other person think, how they function, all that. They ain't being alike. And if you got somebody just like you, it drive you up the wall. That's one of the reasons you got married. You couldn't stand yourself no more. 
So you went out and said, I, I need to make somebody else miserable. Oh, I'm going to tell them. And then we got a nerve to fight. I mean, not fist fight, but to defend that we are right. We actually believe this stuff. Boy, it's a rude awakening, isn't it? All right, so, so he deals with this matter of um, this selfless love and then, and then a love that serves and then a sanctifying love. And, 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 and the word sanctifying means that if I am exercising the love of Jesus Christ to another, it ought to help clean them up. Uh-oh, now we're getting deep. My love, Sister Arnold, ought to, ought to help you to become sanctified, set apart. If I'm loving you with the love of God, it, it ought to be a sanctifying love, a covering, of course. And then, and then, and then, and then, and, and then this love should, this love of God should be a severing love. Severing means to cut off. Certain things, if I'm loving you through the love of God, certain things need to be cut off. Cut off. Now, this, this is a process. It takes time. This is not happening overnight. But 1 Corinthians 13 homes in on the fact, and we were dealing with unity, and then in, in chapter 12 with the gifts, unity not uniformity, but unity, amen. And now when you get to chapter 13, he's dealing with maturity. Well, what is spiritual maturity? Well, what is maturity? Well, it's, it's becoming complete, it's growing up. And, and so Paul takes a shot at this thing. Let me, let me throw four things out that if we are mature, how it ought to dictate how we handle these four things. You ready? First... If I'm mature in Christ, I ought to handle the facts of life in a reasonable way. The facts. The facts. The F-A-C-T-S. The facts. Well, what, what facts? Well, there's some facts as we live out life. Uh, not speculation, just facts. Um, and, I, and I'm using that word because what's opposite of facts is uh, skepticism or, or, or just us thinking that something is right. Just get the facts. Get the facts. Get the facts. Come home, you say, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Ooh. That doesn't, that doesn't register. Your voice, your, your octave, your, your voice, your, your, your facial expression is saying something else. Something is wrong with it. So I'm, I'm searching for the facts now. Just the facts, right? Friday, Friday, Friday <laughs> Dragnet, just the facts, please. Uh, all right, facts. And won't we lie about the facts? Y'all ain't, ain't praying with me. Well, what's wrong, baby? Nothing. I just want to be alone. Well, let's talk about the facts. Well, and 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 then you 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 may it may be wise to just walk away and leave the person to themselves for a while. 
but they lying. Thou shall not. So come back in the bedroom, go to Exodus 20 and say, thou shall not lie. <laughs> so they can cuss you out. But um, we got to try to get the facts. What's really bothering you? What's really bothering you? Facts. Only mature people can deal with facts. Not your facts. The facts. That's another argument. The facts. What are the real facts here? Are y'all getting this? Mm -hmm. We will revisit the facts. Praise God. And um, not only the facts, but <clears throat> our feelings. Our feelings. Mature people learn to go beyond their feelings. So I might be upset with my kids. That don't mean I ain't going to give them nothing to eat. Or I may be struggling with something in my feeling base. I don't feel appreciated, don't feel loved, don't feel I'm the priority here. I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel. And that, that, that feeling may not be legitimate. Are y'all getting me? Um... I may feel that way um, because maybe at this juncture of where I am in my life, I'm just feeling down. And Satan is working overtime. Everybody else is giving you encouragement but the one you married to. At my 10th anniversary, I've been here 29 years, my 10th anniversary, Dr. Shaw, former president of the National Baptist Convention, came over to Jersey, and he preached my anniversary. And his sermon was, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country. Right. What do you mean by that? Well, I go, you know, I'm a, I'm a vice president of a national organization, 7 million Baptists, I... I get off the plane, I get to the airport. Oh, there go Dr. Gordon. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, Dr. Gordon, we've heard so much about the ministry. Oh, Dr. Gordon. Nah, 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 nah. I come back to St. Matthew's like, who is he? <laughs> oh, you're back. <laughs> I'm ready to get back on the plane, Sister Anna. Walk in the hotel lobby, people coming up to me, hugging me, and man, your ministry is awesome, da 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 why is it we can't get the same? Uh, some of us grunt. I say, good morning. <laughs> What's up? You know. They don't know you like I know you. <laughs> My motto is, every once in a while, lie to me. <laughs> just, just tell me how great I am. Just, just, just do it once a month. It might last. All right, leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> I love it. Our facts, our feelings... Maturity is able to distinguish their fractures. 
So as we mature in Christ, we know what's wrong with us internally. Don't let nobody fool you. We ain't going to do no uh, search committee on this. You've been living in your skin so long, you know what's wrong with you. And I just love honest people. You know, just listen, I have the propensity to do this, do that. Uh, I'm not always thinking the right way, but uh, we do have fractures. What are some of the fractures that we can relate to? Just hands, because this is great stuff here. This is, this is dialogue. This is therapeutic. Anybody want to take a stab at your, uh, all right, the wife is saying no, so keep your mouth shut. <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not your wife's fracture, your fracture. What are some of the fractures that we carry around every day? Uh, yes, defensive. Got a book at home in the library. Please let the defense rest. Yeah, defensive. Why, why do you think you're defensive? That's great you know that. You're very defensive. Who else is defensive? A whole bunch of us are defensive. Nobody wants to raise their hand. Yes. Okay. All right. That's good. Uh, anybody else? Any other fractures that we know that's in us? And you're a score settler. Okay. Well, like Sonny, they hit us, we hit them. How to come back at you. How to, you, you know, the whole time you're talking, your eyes are dilating. <laughs> you, you're just crazy. You're crazy. That's it. You're crazy. His, eye, his eyes going like this. Look, look, look. I, 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 I just come right back at him. I, I just come right back at him. All right, man, we love you, man. We love you. All right. Praise God. Let's listen. Look at people's eyes. The light, eyes of the light of the body. How many of y'all saw a negotiator with Samuel Jackson? He said, man, that right eye starts flicking, you, you know. You know. But, but at least you have some idea of your fracture. Some people don't, they, they are just totally voided that they have any fractures. We all got fractures. We do. And as I mature in the Word and mature by the Holy Spirit, my fractures don't take over. I'm able to say, Lord, I need help. Lord, this is about to happen again. Da 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 da. Because fractures come from your history, not your husband. Get the H's straight. Not your wife. Your fractures come from your history. All right? Anybody else? This is the last time. Yes, darling. Hard love? What does that mean? Huh. No, wait. When you was in junior high and high school, you gave what? Hard love? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's called tough love. It's called tough love. And, and some people need tough love. 
Some people need that tough love, you know. You got $10, I'm going to give you this $10, but let me say this. <laughs> some, some people, and, and you know, that's a spiritual gift called exhortation, where we admonish people when we need to. You understand? And, and um, yeah, tough love, tough love. How many of us have tough love? We can get tough. Just know where that stuff is coming from. All right. All right. So, so uh, facts, feelings, fractures, and then the sense of the future. If, if we are mature, we know that God controls the future. We cannot make anything happen unless God allows it to happen. Right? James says, if, if you're thinking about tomorrow, you, you should say, if the Lord's will. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Isn't that right? And, 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 and so Paul moves into this area of, it, it is a metaphor of maturity. And he says, verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Meaning, um, we're partial in our understanding. But when that which is perfect, complete teleos, is come, then that which is in part done away. I don't want to get into this. This has been an ongoing battle. It's not, it's not heaven. It, some say it's eternity. Um, and, and some say it's... Uh, uh, some, some say it's when the scripture is finished, which most commentators don't believe that. But we, we'll, we'll let the context develop itself. And, and, and here's what Paul is saying. And now he goes to this metaphor of a child. When I was a what? When I was a child. Now, this is interesting. I spake as a child. Meaning that my speech was limited based on my growth. Are y'all getting this? I could only speak um, what I kind of experienced. Um, be careful with experience. Some things you have not experienced, and it does not make... You, you cannot use that all the time as a discerner of everything. There's certain things I have never experienced. I may know about the subject because it's in the Word. You understand? I'm, I may know somebody that went through that particular thing. But he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood my reasoning. As a child, I even thought as a child. Now, when you think about a child, everything is self-centered and selfish. Isn't that right? Self-centered and selfish. So when a good parent says, no, Johnny, you're not getting any candy two hours because we're getting ready to eat dinner, they don't understand that. To them, you're depriving them. To you, you're helping them. You want them to have a balanced diet. Right? And you know what candy does. The sugar rushes, and then, that's it. All right, so Paul is talking about the mechanism of reasoning. Um, there's a lot of things now 
that I see from a different perspective. I didn't see when I was 20 and 30. I, I see stuff from a whole different paradigm, whole different perspective. And, and, and what it does, it, it, has, it has an effect on my decision making, coupled with my experience. So I walk and say, been there, done that. It does not excite. Are y'all getting this? I know where that's going. And, and, and it becomes a discerner. Uh, it becomes, um, you know, one, 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 one of the things I loved about Cooley High. How many of y'all saw Cooley High? See, Cooley High was etched in the 60s, and I sat there and laughed through that whole picture. I mean, it was sad when their brother got killed, but it, it, was, it was funny because when they went to that quarter party, and my boy, my boy preacher was trying to talk to the girl, she ain't want nothing to do with him. He said, I'll be all right. I just didn't come up with the right lie yet. <laughs> I bust out laughing because at 16, that's the way it was. You got to get the right lie to get a phone number. You understand? So, uh, and, 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 and the whole thing is that um, as we get older, as we process, as we live, as we experience, Paul's using this as says, but when I became a man, when I grew up, took on maturity, I start, here's the key to this verse. People don't see it. He, Paul is not saying when I became mature, stuff fell off. The initiating factor is still with the person. When I became a man, I put away certain things. Do you see that? So there is incumbent upon us to put stuff away as we mature. And, 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 and um, I mean, that's real. I, put, I, I, I start putting stuff away. 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 And, and it's, it's, it's a progression of us being filled with the Holy Spirit and start putting stuff away. Setting the furniture in place in our house. Um, living a certain life that's pleasing to God. I put away childish, infantile things. I, and, and then he says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And the face to face is not Jesus. Um, uh, now I know in part, but then I shall be known even as I'm known. And now in a body of faith, hope, and charity, but... These three, but the greatest is love. So here's what Paul is saying in this chapter. The greatest indicator of spiritual maturity is to what degree can you love? That's what makes this thing deep. The greatest spiritual indicator is what degree can you and I love? And, and listen, can we love the unlovable. If not, you're not that far in Jesus Christ. The, te the acid test is, so it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, what your, you know, what your marriage looks like. If, if, if God the Holy Spirit is operating in me and he's got me, I just don't have him. That's another thing. 
I got the word of God, but the word of God ain't got you. We can teach and preach for 15, 20 years, and the word of God don't have you. We turn it on and turn it off. Are y'all getting this? When the word of God and the spirit of God has you, you and I are able to love the unlovable. Mm. My God. We're able to do that through the power um, of the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna be around nobody like that. So that's self-talking, that's flesh talking, that's feelings talking. God might send you into an area of life where he wants to use you as a witness. Let me talk about the martyrs or the witnesses of God. When God says, I want to use you as a witness, you and I don't dictate uh, how, the house. God dictates them. He's sovereign. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on this job. Um, you have no idea what's waiting for you. And your mission, Jim, Mission Impossible, should you accept it, is to just be light in the midst of darkness. My God. Just, just be light in the midst of darkness. Hmm. Just be light in the midst of darkness. And when God finishes with you in that capacity, he moves you. He, he didn't say you're going to stay there all your life. But there's something that he said. See, and every, every step is ordered, every step is calculated by God to be a light in the midst of um, darkness. Yes, sir. You had your hand up? You all right? Praise Jesus. So God sovereignly puts us where he wants to put us. Sovereignly. Sovereignly. Hmm. And I watch I watch the Holy Spirit when I when I uh my God when I came out of the military in seventy four I had I just finished seven years I didn't want to I didn't want to stay in the military because my AFSC or MOS they could have sent me anywhere in the world I said I'm tired of that I want to I had great assignments and I started putting in for jobs and uh, wow I went from I was up in the Northeast near uh, Rosa Boulevard, F Street, ASO, Aviation Supply Office, Navy Aviation Supply Office, thousands of people, government workers. I was up there working in governmental accounting for two, for two years. I mean, just, you know, just had a $6 million account, da 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 That was just trying to get on my feet, go back to school, da 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 I was in flux, and I was a minister. So, you know, I had to wear a suit every day. I, I come into work and, you know, everybody knew I was a minister and just, I had, and I saw some crazy stuff up there, crazy stuff, crazy. And, and you know, but I made relationships, I witnessed the people, to do 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 and then I got transferred from there down to Ninth and Market, the courthouse, fourth floor, GSA, and I was, I was back in telecommunications and uh, enjoyed it, but... Uh, uh, these transitions, I didn't know what the Lord was doing with my life. 
went back to school, da -da 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 -da, one thing after the other, and uh, next thing I know, um, you know, I watched the Lord just place me in different capacities, and here's what I want to shorten this up and tell you. When I started pastoring, every pit stop, God pulled it back up for me to help with the church. Every pit stop. It was like, you got to be kidding me. It, 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 in fact, it, it was scary how the Lord will expose us to stuff for future purposes. That's scary. That's scary. So, so, so the fact of the matter is, he's too wise to make a mistake. And, and, and so this 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love, the agape love, not the phileo, not friendship, not storge, not mother and father, I mean mother and son, mother and daughter, uh, not, not, not eros, erotic, sensual, sexual love, but it's agape love. It's the love of God that gives and expects nothing back in return. You, you don't do that overnight. That's, that's after continually studying this word, going through things, and minimizing yourself, minimizing your feelings, minimizing your fractures, min, minimizing, 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 and just trusting God through it all. Um, D. So now we get to chapter 14. Here we go. And... Chapter 14, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. And whenever you look at a text, you got to look at its purpose, its practice, and its perpetuality. Now, let me, let me just say this to you, that it's a pursuance of love in chapter 14. Now, he's dealing with confusion versus clarity. Now, here, here, here's some of the things that come out of this chapter, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Now, you talk about confusion, now check this out, but rather that ye may prophesy, for he that speaketh in what? Now, the word unknown is slanted, meaning it's in italics, meaning it's not part of the original text. It was inserted by translators. There's no such thing as an unknown tongue. The second thing we need to understand, now this one will blow you away. The singular tongue is demonic. The plural tongue is what Paul is talking about. Now this one going to take you out. Whenever you see the word tongue in the singular is dealing with gibberish that the church got from the temple because they started speaking gibberish. Glossa, glossalea is language for tongues. Stop. I, I, don't, I don't even deal with this no more. I tell a congregation, look, you can do what you want to do, just uh, speak English while I'm preaching. That's all. You can get out in your car and you can break out any kind of way you want to break out. God bless you if that makes you feel good. But you got to understand contextually what's going on here. There's, it started a lot of confusion. I'm big on order. I, I got that from the military. I'm big on order. 
we start services on time. We try to get out of here on time. I don't do as the Lord leads. I don't, I don't fool with that. Or if it's all night, it's all right. I can't do that because the first service starts at 8 o'clock. At 9.30, I got to be getting out of here. Thousands more coming in for the second service. We got to clear the parking lot. We got classes going on, got a whole lot. And sometimes it gets difficult. It's, you know, whew, that's order. Not you in the pulpit. Well, you know, the Lord is telling me to keep this thing moving. No, he ain't. That's you telling you to keep it moving. Water. God created the earth in uh, six days. On the seventh, he rested. He was finished. God didn't get to the fourth day with the luminaries of the sun and the moon and say, boy, this feels good. I'm going to keep this up. <laughs> Yom, 24-hour period. God finished what he was doing and rested, moved on to the next day. I keep telling preachers, you know, don't preach for applause, appreciation, and attention. Check this out. For he that speaketh in an unknown, italics, slanted, tongue, singular tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Paul's whole argument is clarity. Speak in English, everybody will understand you. Because everybody in here is English. I mean, you know, Americans. So if I'm in the pulpit and I'm preaching, and you break out in the corner, and everybody's turning around looking at you, you know, just... This is, this, this is confusion. God is not going to give the under-shepherd a message to preach and then the same Holy Spirit hits you in the back. That ain't, that ain't God. And you got people that will fight for this. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Hmm. Mercy. In order to properly understand this scripture, you got to go back to the mechanics of hermeneutics. No one scripture is of its own interpretation. We compare scripture, which scripture to get true. So hold your finger there. Go back to Acts 2, Pentecost. Some of y'all might start dancing when I finish. Pentecost. Acts 2, come on, turn back, turn back, come on. Okay, I got to hurry up. Now, the word Pentecost, <laughs> pente is five, coste is ten. Five times ten is what? Fifty days after the Passover, fifty days after Jesus came out of the grave. And the first chapter tells you he walked the earth forty days. Told him to go wait in Jerusalem. How long did they wait? Ten days. He he worked, he he walked the earth um, 40 days, and it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
they were all on one accord in one place, and suddenly there came the sound of a, a, from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire, and it said 120 people in the upper room, and this fire was on top of their heads. You got to go back to the Old Testament to understand what that fire, the fire is the emblem of the, of, of the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other plural tongues. Now, 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 now look, not singular, tongues. As the Spirit gave them what? Now, glossolalia is the word for tongue. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem devout Jews from every nation under heaven. Well, why were they in Jerusalem? To celebrate Pentecost. It's right here. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in their own language. Here's the miracle, verse 7. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, all are not all these which speak Galileans. Fishermen that never went to school, no aptitude, no degree, no diploma, all, everybody heard their language fluently by men that had never gone to school. I don't know if you, I don't, I don't know if you understand. I got on the TWA. in 1969-70 and it landed in Milan, Italy. I'm in uniform and I get to a train station in Milan. Um, I'm like 19 years old, got my duffel bag on my back, got my orders in my hand and nobody in Milan spoke, spoke English. So I'm trying to get on the next train to get to Naples. So I'm saying, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this Filipino staff sergeant came up. He said, where you going, man? I, I, and I was glad to see him. We spoke the same English. He said, get on the train with me. I'm going that way. We, we rode the train down to Italy. The guys came down with the Jeep, picked me up, took me up to the radar site where I was stationed. And I saw for the first time in my life the difficulty of when you cannot be understood. It is deep. So here I am in Italy, and they say, you know, the, the decent guy said, here's a, here's a book you can buy on how to speak Italian. And my boss from New York and film said, we don't need that. We're going to teach you the street dialect. <laughs> so I start learning the street dialect. And, 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 and all I'm saying is, whatever came out of their mouth, I didn't understand them. Are y'all getting me? I didn't understand them. They didn't understand me. So my point is, and I ain't going to tell you what I learned first, but my point is that we, verse 8, and we hear every man in our own tongue language 
wherein we were born, and then the Holy Spirit names all the nations that were at Pentecost, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, all the parts of Libya, Syria, all these are Jews gathered together. And then finally, verse 14, Peter stands up and starts preaching. Now, 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 we, we, we don't have time to continue. I don't get into arguments over tongues. You believe what you want to believe. But here's what you got to deal with. After 1 Corinthians 14, there are 20 books to the book of the Revelation, no more mention of tongues. You, you are not going to show me after 1 Corinthians 14 any more mention of tongues. It ceased. And by the way, when it says tongues will vanish, the word vanish in the Greek means it will stop by itself. There was no need for it because the miracle at Pentecost was to prove that Jesus was in the church. And he gave the apostles power to do miracles. Peter and John walking past a crippled man said, silver and gold have we none. Acts 3, but such as we have, get up in the name of Jesus and walk. God gave them power to heal, power to raise the dead, power, power, power. Now, now listen, and, and, and understand St. Matthews, we got people here from Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal, Apostolic, Methodist, Baptist, the whole thing. You know, and, and I understand we're bringing a his, Catholics, we're, we're bringing history with us, and so we, we, we're trying to teach you, you know, the Word of God. I told Tony Evans, Tony Evans is my friend. Tony has been my friend, 20-something years. Tony came here and I said, uh, you know, his mother and father was Baptist. He's, he's from Baltimore. I said, Tony, even John was a Baptist. <laughs> and his cousin was Jesus, so that makes Jesus a Baptist. <laughs> so what are you doing down there in Texas? <laughs> he bust out laughing. So, so my point is... Um, we, we, we got to interpret the Word of God as it is presented. If God, I, listen, I got in front of my mirror when I first got saved, and I said, Lord, I want to speak in the tongue. I got in the mirror and said, Lord, I want to learn how to hoop. And the lights went out. I tried, to, I tried to seek, and most of those hoopers are singers, man. That's why they can hoop. Them boys can sing, Doc. You know what I mean? They be preaching about it. And, uh, you know, they start hitting them gears. And I bought a tape from uh, uh, C.L. Franklin. is a Reef Franklin's father. He's from Detroit. I bought a tape and put it in almost crash. <laughs> that boy was hooping all kind of... He, he had gears. I said, Lord, I'm going to crash this car, Doc. So, so, so we go to church. We go to church and hear him hooping. And you say, whoa. And then you say, well, what did he say? I don't know, but it was good. You know. <laughs> we ain't got no understanding of the text. It just sound good, didn't it? 
I used to go to late night preaching. the last thing. Go late night preaching. Preaching started at 12 o'clock at night. Be hundreds and hundreds of ministers down there. This guy get up there and here. He said, well, Reverend Tubbs is going to preach tonight. Yeah. He'll sing and everybody, well, you know, he just got up. And he pulling it already. When I think about, whoa, whoa. I said, excuse me, what did he, I could be in my room ordering wings, room service, and I'm sitting up here trying to listen to this mess. So, so the thing is, we got to put everything in context. And listen to me. Let, me. let me close about maturity. Maturity does not need the extracurricular. Maturity needs the basic precept. If God said it, I believe it, that ends it. I don't need to be fluffed. I don't, I don't, I don't need you to do this. All I need to do is listen to the word of God and let the Holy Spirit make it applicable to my life. Love your wife as Christ loves the church. So I got a job. I got to love my wife. Can I get a witness? Amen. Forgive one another. So I got to now let the Holy Spirit make applicable in my life the things that the Word of God is saying. That's how we mature. That's how we grow up. And the more you and I live by faith, feelings start going out the window. You start identifying those feelings as not being from God. Just stay on our feet for a Uh, if there's somebody here that needs to be saved, just raise your hand. Or you want to join the church and Christian experience, raise your hand. We'd love to have you. Uh, Deacon Banks, Sister Banks, good to see you guys. Now, you, now you're down in Florida, right? Praise Jesus. You still in Florida? All right, brother. All right. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for your word and help us to mature in Christ, leaving off our feelings, our fractures, our sense of future. Oh, God, and just take in the facts of the Holy Spirit and make us content with you. Work out your will in our lives, in our children's lives, in our marriages, and help us to walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor loves you. Thank you.